Here comes the money. You're now listening to the Gambling with Gold podcast with Jason Gold. Presented by Champions Round. Welcome to the NFL Week 6 Gambling Preview on Gambling with Gold. This is episode 110. My name is Jason Gold. This is Steffi Smalls. And we are here to make some bets early in the week on NFL Week 6. Steph, how are you doing this Wednesday morning? I'm doing good. This is going to be a fun week. There's some fun matchups and fun numbers out there. So Steph texted me yesterday, Tuesday morning. <laughs> sometimes we record Tuesday, sometimes we record Wednesday. And she goes, wait, we're not recording today? I have so <laughs> many locks. I'm so ready to go, so fired up. So I've been excited for 24 hours to dig into this slate with Steph before we jump into the Thursday night game and the rest of the slate. Let me tell you this. One thing that we have going on for this week, we have a Gabe Davis jersey on the line and we're doing something a little bit different so here's what's going to happen text us at our hot take hotline 310-564-7176 use the code big play gabe that's the secret phrase text it to that number we will send you a link to a private 76 contest if you win that contest you win the gabe davis jersey simple as that text us again 310-564-7176 with the secret phrase Big play game, a guy who's going to score another touchdown in Kansas City this week, and you have a chance to win that signed jersey. Also, stay tuned. Sunday, we're going to have a rapid-fire giveaway. We're not going to tell you who. We're not going to tell you when. Just stay locked into our social channels, and we're going to have some sick giveaways for you on Sunday. All right, let's jump into Thursday night football. We have the shittiest game on the board. We're back. This is what Thursday nights are all about, the worst games in the NFL. Keep bringing it to us on Amazon Prime. Washington at Chicago, currently the Bears favored by one. Total is set at 38 at DraftKings. Actually, line has moved since I wrote this down. So Chicago now plus one, total at 38. Uh, does that line movement scare you at all? What's your opinion on this game? Uh, when I texted you yesterday, this was not one of the games that I was referring to. Um, <laughs> not super excited about this game. I. You know, this can go either way. I'm actually leaning towards the Bears on this one. I think that one thing that Washington can do is they can stop the run. So I'm expecting kind of a big Mooney game if Justin Fields can actually, like, put it together kind of like he did in the second half last week. So I'm leaning the Bears here. Also the under. We've seen how these games go with two shitty teams. Uh, not looking forward to this one, but an excuse to be pretty degenerate with some gambling. Oh. Nothing like being a little degenerate on a Thursday night. Thursday nights where you make your week or lose your week, you're already down a couple hundred bucks by the time the Sunday slate starts. Um, two interesting points I had from this game were uh, the under on Thursday night football since the start of the 2021 season, so the season after the COVID year, 71% towards the under. Line is moving up a little bit. It moved from 37.5 to 38. Mm-hmm. So worth looking at, it opened at 40 um, so I think that the under is probably the play, maybe under first half to protect yourself a little bit for, from some late game garbage. Uh, the other point I wanted to make, the Chicago Bears played really great second half against the Minnesota Vikings. But you talked about this last week, how bad Minnesota's defense is. And I think it's being criminally underrated how bad that defense is playing right now. So do we believe in Chicago's offense? Do we believe in the fact that Justin Fields is ascending, is making a movement forward, is becoming a better quarterback? Or was it just we're playing inside, we're playing on turf against a bad defense, and this is what happens? I'm interested to see what happens, especially given this Washington defense may also be trash. 
Yeah, and I also with all this drama with uh, Ron Rivera saying, yeah. yeah, I don't know. So then maybe is it like, does Carson Wentz come out? I can see him coming out. This is the thing with Carson Wentz, though. When he tries to, like, prove a point, it doesn't go in his favor. Like, it actually goes the opposite direction. So, like, yeah. whatever his interception prop is will be all over that. Um, I, this is going to be an interesting matchup. I don't know how much I'm touching a lot of, you know, I'd probably lean the Bears, but not confident. Interesting point that I heard on Carson Wentz that made me have to rethink my position on this game. Yeah. Carson Wentz is 16 and 8 all time against the spread in night games. Really? That is hitting at 67%. Carson may just be a nighttime quarterback. Maybe he's like a vampire. Hair. He only comes out at night yeah. or something. You know, that that ginger hair, pale skin doesn't mm. work in the sunlight, but as soon as you I get see. to the nighttime, he comes to play. I don't know. Yikes. I don't know. I'm excited to see. I think Brian Robinson should have a good game, too. There'll probably be a lot of player props. This should, I hope it's not like the freaking Broncos game, Broncos-Colts game that we just had to watch. Let's like at least get some points on the board. So I'll say for now, seems like pretty much a pass, maybe a little lean towards the under, under first half. That's all about what we got. Player props we will discuss on Thursday before the game. All right, let's get into the Sunday slate. First game on the board. Let's go to the San Francisco 49ers, minus five and a half at the Atlanta Falcons, who are five and zero oh against the spread. Total is set at 44 and a half. Any initial lean or read on this one? I think this is going to be low scoring. I think it's going to be a lot of running. It's going to be a slower game. I think we, we see this under definitely hit. I'm torn here because the Falcons are still undefeated against the spread, and but the 49ers are great. But the Falcons just stay in every game. They're this team that we talk about every single week where they're just a pest and they're still there and they're able to get the job done. Um, so it should be interesting. Leaning 49ers is probably the right choice, but you know, I'd rather I'd rather take the plus five and a half, I think, with the Falcons after what they've been doing. So I know a lot of sharp action is coming in on Atlanta, and a lot of guys that I respect within the industry are also betting Atlanta plus five and a half to move to six and zero against the spread. Atlanta is the first team in 25 years to start the season 5-0 and against the spread and still be under 500. So yeah. we are in a very, very odd territory here. San Francisco, I know that they got Carolina in a good spot. That team did not match up against them at all. What is Atlanta going to do? I mean, we saw what they did last weekend against Tampa Bay when they only had to focus on one thing, and it was terrible. Yes, they came back in the fourth quarter and ruined my Tampa Bay minus 8.5 and, and crushed my soul, but they still got dominated in that game. Is that going to happen again against this 49ers team? 49ers are beat up. Second game on the East Coast in a row. I actually don't know if they're staying out there or not. Something to look into. I do like your under at 44 and a half or 45. I think 45 would be a key number to get there. You can. I lean towards Atlanta plus five and a half just because I know the sharps in the market are on it. But looking at this realistically, how much is Atlanta going to be able to score in this game? I feel like Atlanta under team total is going to be a great bet in this game based on the way that San Francisco's defense is playing right now. It just sucks because I feel like we've had the same conversation. Like, this is like deja vu. We've been saying the same thing about Atlanta since the first week of the season, and they're just figuring it out. Like, and not in a way like the New York Giants are figuring it out. Like, they're just like, it's a totally, they're not a good football team. Like, it's it's very different. Not that the Giants are, but uh, it's a very different dynamic. I don't know what's going on there. I'll I'll take the under on this game, but I probably, like, I'm not putting my money on the five and a half. 
I will not be putting my money on the spread. I do like the under 44 and a half right now, which means I probably like the under first half, under 21 and a half, and I'll like Atlanta team total under as well. Maybe San Francisco under team total also, because I'm not sure that they're going to be able to do that much on Sunday. All right. New England Patriots plus two and a half at the Cleveland Browns. Total set at 43 and a half. Uh, bets, I've already made it on this game. Cleveland Browns minus two and a half. And I bet the over at over 42 and a half and over 43. I think it's good to 45. Cleveland at home this season, three and oh towards the over. This, this defense is not as good as you think they are. This offense is probably underrated. They should be four and one if Jacoby Brissett doesn't throw interceptions in the last two minutes in his own red zone. The New England Patriots coming off of this giant win against the Detroit Lions, but it is going to be Bailey Zappi again. It looks like I think Cleveland has a real advantage in this game. So I'm going to go with Cleveland minus two and a half at three and a half. Full stay away three. I'd probably buy a little bit, but Cleveland minus two and a half seems like a decent uh, bet to me. I have a lot of feelings about this game. All right, here we go. Was this one of the games you were talking about? Uh, in, a, in a sense, it is one. I've been looking forward to this game for a couple of reasons. I guess, like, the more I looked into the Browns, because I kind of been turning my head to them this season, like, they literally have the number one rush offense, and I think it's top, they're number 10 in rush. And then their defense is, like, bottom of the fucking barrel after expecting yeah. them to be, like, this perfect team with, like, a nice roster. Jacoby Brissett is getting the job done, and, like, their defense is really coming up short. They love close games. I'm leaning the Patriots here. I really like the over a lot in this game, but I am leaning. Uh, I I took New England the plus three before this moved, and I also had the over 41 and a half I got it at. So those were two of my, like, Ooh, first. Yeah. Spicy. That's awesome. I know. Um, yeah. uh, I will say this about the New England side. Teams coming off of a shutout win, 11 and 31. No, 11 and 30 straight up in the last 41 games. So they're overvalued generally in the market after a shutout. I actually do have – I have one guy who I work with who is on New England at plus three and loves it. One of his best bets of the week. So I get the other side. I just disagree. Maybe someone else has convinced me by the rest of the weekend that I'm on the wrong side here. But I do think that Cleveland uh, can get this done against the New England Patriots. Maybe a three to stay away. Maybe a minus two and a half. It's a Browns uh, buy on them. All right. Let's head over to the Green Bay Packers. Hosting the New York Jets line is minus seven towards Green Bay. Total is set at 45. I bet the over 45 in this game. I think this is a get-right spot for the Packers offensively. And this Jets offense seems to be very, uh, you know, good with uh, Zach Wilson at quarterback. And, you know, Brees Hall's getting around. The offensive line's doing a good job. Garrett Wilson's getting involved. I think Elijah Moore's going to get more involved especially if Zach Wilson learns to set his feet and actually throw Elijah more the football. Um, I love the over 45 in this game. I think that's one of my best bets of the week. What do you think about the uh, the spread minus seven for the Packers? I If the Packers do not cover this, like the Packers are in trouble. Like I think that this is, needs to be like a get-right statement game. If they just came out of – the New York Giants holding them to no points outside of a safety they handed to them in the second half. Uh, they're 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 in trouble. I want to believe that Green Bay. As much as I think the New York Jets are like this story where every it's a little bit of an overreaction in my opinion. I'm not ready to jump off Green Bay yet. I understand that the way they played. I watched that game very closely, obviously, uh, and it looks like a lot of money is coming in on. The Jets, but again, like I think yep. that's it's this story. Like they have this fairy tale thing about them, but I don't know if it's actually 
going to come out on the field. So we'll see. They're 2-0 in their road games against the spread, so might kick myself for this. But I think there's a reason why the number is where it is right now. I, I do like the over as well. I'm interested to see why they're hanging this at 7, unless they're getting a ton of Jets action, because this seems like a perfect teaser leg to go Green Bay 7-1. to one. This is, like, super easy for me to just utilize them all over the place. Of course, I said the same thing last week about the Packers bringing them from 8-2, to two, and I got my ass whooped on Green Bay. Nothing like being on the West Coast and losing a couple grand before 10 a.m. kickoff. <laughs> Nothing like You weren't the only the one. A lot of people did. Luckily, I don't bet on my own team, so – uh, I lucked out there. All right, so we like the over 45 for sure and Green Bay potentially as a teaser piece. All right, let's get to – oh, this game's gross. Uh, Jacksonville plus two at the end of Indianapolis Colts. Total is set at 42. Jaguars coming off of a disastrous loss. Loss for me in Survivor. Also, I'm out of the contest. Fuck Jacksonville. Never bet them against Houston. The sad part was I was on Houston plus seven. And plus seven and a half all week. I knew what the right thing to do was. I was trying to game the, the system a little bit too much. <laughs> Meanwhile, the Colts have 10 days off. They are 1-13-1 in their last 15 games against the spread, against the Jacksonville Jaguars. I don't know why. This is just what the stats are. It is really bad for the Indianapolis Colts under Frank Reich against the Jacksonville Jaguars. I'm not sure what to do with this game. I guess I kind of lean towards the under 42 and historically road dogs. Uh, when the total has been set at 42 and a half or under is very profitable position, which means I should be on the Jaguars. I don't trust it though. Um, how about you? Yeah, I, on my like no bet list is like Indy as favorites. Like I'm good. And whenever they're dogs, I'm about it. I, first of all, to be clear, when I do take the Jags plus two, it's not because I think that the, I think the Jags are a little fraudulent. I think that they, have managed to have a couple like nice I think you can piece together all the quarters that they've had that have been good and get like a little over one game I just don't this is gonna be a disgusting game this might end up being worse than Thursday night football and I don't know how both of these teams end up scoring a lot of points so I'm probably on the under as well probably not betting a lot in this game to be honest yeah, I don't really have a great read on what's going to happen in this game. In theory, I think that the Colts at minus two should be a decent one, uh, especially with 10 days rest. But all of these have not been historically good spots. So I'm kind of in the stay away spot, too, and just see what happens. Um, that's pretty much it for that game. All right, Minnesota minus three and a half at the Miami Dolphins. Total set at 45 and a half. No Teddy B, no two in this game. It's Skylar Thompson again for the Miami Dolphins. This is gross. Uh, I. I think that the over 45 and a half is probably good based on the way that the Vikings defense has gone. I kind of like Miami at plus three and a half, even with Skylar Thompson. One, it fits your backup quarterback first start theory. Two, Minnesota has been trashed. There's no way that they should be four and one. So from a macro view, I believe that they should be a four and two or four and three team going forward. So why not take a shot on the Miami Dolphins? Also playing in Miami. Very difficult. It's still going to be uh, hot down well, there. I'm not sure that Minnesota is going to be ready for it. So, I don't know. Here's my thing, though. Like, yeah. Daniel's playbook is pretty, like, intricate and comp. Like, Skyler, yeah. yes, he will get a week with it now. But, like, can he handle that? They're kind of going to have to dumb it down a lot for him. And I think dumbing it down is what's going to make the Vikings defense actually play well because 
Maybe. They can't handle anything outside of, like, just as simple as possible. So, I don't know. Is Tyree Kill playing? Do we know if that is happening? Or uh, For the reports that I saw, he was in the boot leaving the stadium, but Got he's it. expected to play this week. It was like a protection thing. Interesting. Okay. Vikings my line is 3-0, and and they are the favorite. So, that is one thing that's a little bit interesting. I am a little worried about this. I really like Dalvin Cook this week uh, all over mm-hmm. the place. I think Brees Hall just had an awesome week. So definitely we'll be looking at his props, maybe even him to get into the end zone twice, um, flirting with that maybe. I like the over as well, but it is hot. And I, I see the argument for against – I see the argument for against the Vikings because they are one of these teams where, yeah, you see their record, but their defense is just like – they're, they're frauds. It's a very fraudulent 4-1. and one. This yeah. Miami team has decent pieces. This seems like a perfect spot for Kirk to completely melt down game. And, you know, I have a general gambling rule that a team coming off of a really bad loss like Miami just had and the entire public is betting the other side, as they are for Minnesota right now, I have to pretty much take the Dolphins in this spot, especially when I'm getting over a field goal at home. So just, again, as a macro view, I think that plus three and a half in this position is the right spot. You can look at little individual spots where the Vikings may have advantages in this game, kind of throwing it out the window. I'm going to play this spot every single time, and I know that I'm going to be hitting profitably eventually in this spot. Yeah. All right. This let's should get be a good to, game, though, I think, even with yeah, – It'll, be, it'll, be it'll definitely be interesting. Um, Cincinnati Bengals minus two at the New Orleans Saints. Total set at 43. I have already bet the New Orleans Saints at plus two and a half, and I have yeah! bet the over 43 in this game. I'm all over the New Orleans Saints in this game. It's a perfect spot for me. I love it. I don't care. Not in their house. I like the Saints this week. I don't think that Cincinnati has figured it out at all. Um, torn on whether I like this to go over or under. I'm leaning the over on this game, actually. But I love the Saints this week. Um I don't know. Just don't trust. I just don't trust Cincinnati. Eli Apple. Whole, there's a lot of layers to it. Yeah. I, you know, the Saints as a home dog against Cincinnati right now, when Cincinnati is getting this much public money, they're getting like 90% of the bets right now. Every single goddamn time, I'm going to take the New Orleans Saints in the spot. And I don't care if it's Andy Dalton. I don't care if it's Jameis Winston. Yeah. I, I think the Saints defense will be able to slow down Cincinnati enough. And I think the Saints offense will get cooking against this Bengals defense that just put – every single ounce of effort they had into the game at Baltimore. But those divisional games the week afterwards are so hard when you pour your heart and soul into that game and lose on a last-second field goal. They're not giving a shit about New Orleans at this point. They're just trying to recover from that Baltimore game. I think it had to be devastating for them. So I think that New Orleans catches them in a bad spot and cashes with the plus two. Give me that money line, plus 105 on New Orleans as well. All right, let's, let's get to MetLife. Baltimore Ravens minus five at the New York Giants. Total set at 45. Only bet I've made on this game thus far is the under 45 in this one. Ravens offense, again, we just talked about. They just poured their heart and soul into that Bengals game. I think that there's going to be – the Ravens come out hot generally, so I kind of like the Ravens at like minus three in the first half here. But I don't trust it for the game at minus five. And the Giants – you know, coming back from London, how are they going to adjust? I know the Baltimore's defense hasn't looked great, but they did play great last weekend. Just a, a lean and a feeling towards the under 45 in this game. But uh, yeah, what do you think? I like the under as well. I also obviously do not bet on my team, but 
I think still maybe there is, if I was a betting person on my own team, I think there is still a little bit of this doubt saying like the New York Giants is not a real, yep. not a real team. They're not a real team. All the money is very heavily on to the Ravens. And I think they're not a real team very differently than, you know, the Minnesota Vikings. Like they've gone in, they fight for four quarters. It's very obvious why they don't dominate. Um, you look at their roster, they shouldn't be dominating any game. So I think that this could be a very good game. I don't, I think Wink obviously knows Lamar very, very well. So it'll be interesting. I, I obviously, I like the Giants plus Five. Is it five or five and a half? Now? Yeah, it, yeah, it's five at uh, at DraftKings right now. Yeah, the interesting part like with Wink, the interesting part with Wink in this game, I think I'm glad that you brought that up. So Wink is known for bringing blitzes out of nowhere at any time. That's yeah. what he does, right? And Lamar kills blitzes. He's absolutely one of the best quarterbacks, if not the best quarterback in the NFL versus the blitz. One because he can escape it, and two, once he's escaped it, there's nobody covering downfield. So this yeah. is like perfect for Lamar. So I'm, I'm wondering if Wink changes up his style. Obviously, he's smart enough to know that Lamar's going to destroy the blitz. So does he change it up? Does he know that Lamar's going to do that? Is good, does he play, I don't know, two-cover shell yeah. and just, like, make Lamar beat him through the air? I don't know. I can't wait to see it, though. I think it's going to be a really fun matchup to watch. Yeah, this is going to be a big test, I think, for both sides because the Ravens really need to – like, they do need this win. Like, they got to start collecting them a little bit here. For what it's worth, my power rankings have Baltimore minus three in this game. So I do think that there is some value on betting on the Giants. Uh, oh, a stat for the under here. I knew that I wrote this Ooh. down somewhere. Last 15 games for the New York Giants at MetLife. You want to guess what the under is? Last 15? Yeah. Four, 14 and one. 14 and one. Is it's it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the Giants yeah. love playing unders at home. So I definitely like the 45 angle on that. All right, let's get to Pittsburgh, Tampa Bay, minus eight at Pittsburgh Steelers. Total set at 44. Uh, I don't currently have any bets on this game. I do know that Pittsburgh Steelers as a home dog since 2001, 17, four and three against the spread. Do we trust small hands picket against this Tampa Bay defense that has proved to be one of the best in the NFL outside of one game against Kansas City where they just had a perfect plan for him? I don't know. I like Tampa Bay a lot. Minus eight to minus two is a teaser piece. That's about it. I, I don't really have a read on this game. Do you? Yeah. My issue is, like, the one thing that the Steelers could do to potentially win, the way that we saw the Falcons almost win, is that's because they were running the ball. The problem yeah. is the Pittsburgh can't the Steelers ball. can't run the fucking ball. So I don't know in what world they're going to be in a spot where they – could win. I like it as a teaser piece too. I, you know, we could see this game actually get a little sloppy and the score be a little bit higher because I think that they will be passing the ball. Um, it's an interesting game. I don't love it. Feels like a trap. It does feel like a trap. Tampa Bay seems like an easy bet here, but Pittsburgh at home yeah. with Tomlin. I don't know. Is this like a rah rah Mike Tomlin spot? Yeah, because is Tom really going to get like bent over and then the next week get bent over again like that? I feel bad for him. This whole like, season might just be a bent it's over. so I bad. Know. I know. But then don't you think too, like at this point, you got to start thinking like, let's just go get that draft pick because it's like, I don't know what else to. Yeah. But they just, I mean, what's the point of getting the draft pick? They just invest in their quarterback. Get an O-lineman that matters. <laughs> right, they need to get five new O-linemen that matter. Yeah, they do. 
All right, uh, let's move to the afternoon games. Carolina Panthers plus 10.5 at the Los Angeles Rams. Total set at 41. 10.5 point spread for 41 points. This fits my spot absolutely perfectly to bet on the Carolina Panthers at plus 10.5. I generally like taking teams the week after you fire your head coach. Just feels like you get rid of the monkey off your back, weight off your shoulders. Rams, I don't trust at all. At some point, they're going to turn this thing around. I think that McVay is too good. There's too many talented pieces on that team for them to keep struggling like this. They're also the unluckiest team in the NFL right now based on turnover luck. So it's a little scary to bet on Carolina, but that number's so big and that total's so low that I almost just positionally I have to do it a bet Carolina plus 10 and a half. Yeah, there's a you're never I'm never not gonna take this many points. Like I don't care. It's the NFL, it's too much. Just like you said, I'm pretty sure the Raiders did this last year when their coach got fired. Like this is a great spot to take them. That's a lot of points, especially again, like you said, for that total. And I don't trust the Rams. I actually quite frankly, don't think they're going to figure it out. I think that this is, they're going to have struggle much longer than people think every week. We've been saying this, like they do not look good. They can't figure it out. They've got to get Henderson involved. That old line is a disaster. Stafford doesn't look like Stafford. So, um, and I think that the Carolina Panthers defense, I don't care what the numbers say. Like, I think their defense is actually decent. I think that they can, can cause a, enough problems to, Shake Stafford were like taking the plus ten and a half is like a no brainer, and I'm sure yeah. that'll that'll end up end at like that's going to close at like eleven. I bet. My question on the Panthers is: Do people in the building believe that they're being traded, and what is their reaction to that feeling? So, if yeah. you're Christian McCaffrey, are you trying to go out and prove a point and be like, okay, look how good I am? You guys should come yeah. get me if you're you know, Kansas City or Buffalo or Green Bay or whoever the hell wants to come get Christian McCaffrey? Or is it Brian Burns or DJ Moore being like, I don't care, this season's over, I quit, like, yeah. who gives a shit? Did so, PJ Walker, like, the games that he started, has he won both of them too? Like, I, yes. he's the type of guy, it's his first game, plus the coach, I mean, all these points, how do you not I oh yeah, I am This feels like a small special. It's, yeah, it's I have point. to take it. It's yeah, it has everything that I need. Um yeah. One stat that I saw on Carolina that scared me a little bit off of this angle was they are five and twenty-three against the spread. What if the the other team, their opponent scores more than seventeen points? Do you think the Rams can score seventeen points in this game or more? Okay, but how much is that is, like, literally Matt Rolls' fault? Like, I feel like it's, like... I don't know. I have no idea. I I guess we're about to find out. That stat is crazy. Um, Yeah, I think the Rams can, but can they? I don't know. They haven't looked that great. I think we're both going to be in this thing on Carolina plus 10 and a half or plus 11, and we're going to get... Or is this game going to go over, and it's going to be freaking crazy? I think it's going to go over. I talked myself into it. but you're right, PJ Walker, 2-0 as an underdog in his two starts. Uh, like, and is he that much of a downgrade from Baker? Like, not really. I'm not a, that much of a downgrade from Baker right now. Are you kidding me? At least I can see over the offensive line. Um, all right, Arizona Cardinals minus 2.5 at the Seattle Seahawks. Total set at 50.5. This game is at 1 o'clock Pacific time, and it's going to be moved back likely to 2.30 Pacific time because of the Astros-Mariners game four, unless the Astros sweep. I don't know if that has any impact on the game. You know what time it's actually going to start. Um, I, I'm very torn on this game. Arizona is a really, really good road team against the spread. 
I had the stat here. Arizona, 19-7-2 against the spread with Kyler and Cliff. Seattle, their defense is probably the worst defense in the NFL. It's either them or the Lions. Um, they allow the most it, points. It's and really bad. It's bad. And Arizona, you know, they didn't play great last week. They're terrible at home. But they're like a little frisky. I, I think there's going to be fireworks in this game. And I, I love Seattle's offense the way that they're cooking right now. Gino legitimately looks like a top 15 quarterback in the NFL. I love the way that they're playing. I like that Ken Walker's going to get involved. Um, I, I think this should be an aerial assault on Arizona's defense. So I guess I like the over 50 and a half right now. Um, in terms of line, I, I'm torn either way. I, I really don't know what to do with that because I think that there's value on both sides depending on how you look at it. Yeah, I really hate this game. I think I got this at like 48. I would definitely was not. Holy shit. I took 49 maybe. No, I may even get it at 48. I'm probably fibbing right now. Um, This game sucks. I don't know because here's my thing. I said it last week is with Seattle, like, are we actually – so we're all in on the Geno Smith thing. Like, he's here to stay. He's for real. Fine. So we can't really bet against him. But my problem is, like, Arizona is also – like you said, like, they are a frisky team. Like, Seattle's D sucks. I think that Kyler will be using his little legs a lot this game. I definitely like the over. Um, Yeah, I'm, I'm leaning the Seattle plus two and a half, I think. Seattle plus two and a half. I think that's fair. I mean, in a game where you don't have a side that you like and you know that both offenses are going to cook, don't you want the extra points per team yeah, at home? That's with exactly the man? Yeah. Especially if – I hate to do a cross-sport thing here, but let's say that it's 2-1 Astros going into game four and the Mariners win to tie up the series and you're forcing a game five. Seattle's going to be fucking lit. The 12th yeah. game is going to be insane. And that's already a stadium that goes nuts. And if there's good vibes in that city, I can guarantee you if the Mariners win game four, I'm putting all the chips on the Seattle Seahawks right after that. Uh, That would be really, really fun to see. All right, uh, let's get to this is the best game probably of the entire season. Buffalo Bills minus two and a half at the Kansas City Chiefs total set at 54. I mean, the Bills dominated the Chiefs in the regular season last year. Chiefs beat them, obviously, in the most one of the most epic playoff games of all time. The Buffalo Bills spent the entire offseason trying to sign people to take out the Chiefs. Can they do it at Arrowhead? I'm not sure. What do you think? Uh, I don't know. I'm leaning the Bills here just because I think that, you know, Kansas City is allowing the fifth highest QBR rating in the league. And I think this is going to come down to the Bills D. So if if the Bills D plays lights out and plays phenomenal, then I think that the Bills win this game. I think it's going to come down to defense a little bit more. But KC, if they let Josh Allen get hot and he's like slinging it nonstop, they're going to be in trouble. Um, over is tempting. I don't know. It's starting to get a little too high for me, though. Let me ask you these questions. Who do you think this game means more to right now, Buffalo or Kansas City? Buffalo. Okay. Do you think that there's any sort of animosity from Kansas City's opinion saying, wait, really? We're no longer the favorites? You think that those guys are the favorites? I'm going to come out and prove something to you. Okay, true. But did they didn't look great. They almost just lost the Raiders. I think, well, wasn't that a perfect look-ahead game? Like, we're playing on Monday Night Football True. at home. It's this, this trash team. You're Guess who we have next me. week? The Buffalo Bills. Also, I, I'm trying to convince myself here because I obviously know that the Buffalo Bills are the best team in football. 
I know that. I know that this game means a lot to them. They've circled this on their calendars. They know that if they want to win a championship, they have to prove a point to Kansas City. They also tried to do the same thing last year, and they kicked their ass in that weird lightning game last year. And they almost kicked their ass in the playoffs, but did. So I'm just wondering what's going to happen here. Mahomes at home as a dog. No, no, no. Mahomes as an underdog in his NFL career. 7-0-1 against the spread. He has never closed as a home underdog in his career. Do you think that any team should be able to walk into Arrowhead and call themselves a favorite when they have Patrick Mahomes as their quarterback? I don't know if I do. Oh, and um, you know what the thing is, too? Like, if you had to ask me, like, which quarterback do I trust more in this game, it's going to be Patrick Mahomes because he's just able to get it done under, like – and I know Josh Allen is, too, and I, I respect that 100%. Mahomes is just different right now. Like, Allen has to, like, come in here, beat them, beat them again, and then beat – like, they have to go on before I'm, like, ready to have that conversation because we've seen Mahomes do this over and over and over again. So I, I think you've talked me out of the uh, the Bills generally, there's one exception this year, which was the Ravens game. But generally, when they win, they win by a lot. And when they get into yeah. close games, there's a little fumbling the bag thing going on. It's I, I'm not going to really put it out there because I still think they're a really good team. But in close games, there is a little – they don't necessarily know how to close the same way that Kansas City understands how to, despite the fact that they lost yeah. the, the uh, AFC Championship right. game by fumbling away the bag too. Um, yeah. I also think Kansas City plus two and a half – you still have one or two points where the Bills can win this game and That's Kansas true. City covers. So I'm, I'm just going to take the value. I, I think that I'm on Kansas City. I'm trying to convince myself and gear myself up for it. But I'm going I'm to take the Chiefs. I'm going to go with the plus two and a half at home. Okay. I think you um, sold me too. Nice. All right. Two more games on the board. Sunday night football. The Dallas Cowboys. Holy crap. This is plus six at the Philadelphia Eagles. Total set at 42 and a half again. 42-and-a-half with a road dog, plus six should be good value if you're going to bet the Cowboys. However, I bet the Eagles at minus four last night. I did buy it from four-and-a-half to four, I, uh, minus 120 on that. I guess it popped up because Cooper Rush is officially the quarterback this week. I think that I still like the Eagles. The Dallas Cowboys still, to me, seem very fraudulent. And Sunday night football, with the Eagles being 5-0 and at the link, that crowd is going to be insane. And I don't know if the Dallas Cowboys offense is going to be able to do anything in that game personally. What do you think? I don't know what I think. I hate both these freaking teams. Uh, I think you're right on that. I think that if the Eagles can contain Dallas's pass rush, they're really like should win this game without a problem. I think they can stay in it though. I think that Dallas has been able to show that they can, but I think that this, Cooper Rush effect is starting to fade out and everyone's starting to get over it. And they're realizing that he's more there to just be on the field, be a game manager and like get off. It's not, he's not there to be their franchise guy. All that nonsense about uh, they're good. There's going to be some kind of quarterback battle when he gets back. It's not happening. I don't know. I hate division. NFC East games get weird though. They do. Um, Six is a lot. Six is a lot. I kind of like the Cowboys plus six. 74% of the bets are on the Cowboys, yet the line moved from minus four and a half to minus six. Reverse line movement. So I'm going to keep in mind, that's that to me, in my DJ heart, says Philly, Philly, Philly all day long. Yeah. I'll also say this about Philly and Dallas. So Dallas's strength, obviously, is their defensive line and their ability to rush the quarterback. Like, that's what they do. That's how mm -hmm. they win games. 
Now you're going up against the best offensive line in football. I think it's key to see what the health of Jason Kelsey is going to be, the all-pro center. Uh, if he's healthy and ready to go, I think that you completely neutralize what Dallas wants to do defensively if you're the Eagles with a like, great offensive line. I think they'll score points. I think that they'll score, you know, 24 points in this game. And can Dallas score 18? I, I don't know if Dallas will score 18 points in this game at the link on Sunday Night Football. So uh, I think I'm going to end up somehow on the Eagles. I hope this, this game actually gets a seven so I can tease them down from seven to one. I think that would be my favorite way to play this one. Yeah, I'm just ready for the Eagles, like, stuff to stop. Like, I'm so over it It's going to happen. It's yeah, I just I just keep getting like Cardinals vibes from them from last year where they went seven to zero and then shit the bed. Like I don't know, and a lot of the NFC games come at the end of the year. Uh, yeah, I'm happy for the like Eagles fans, kind of, but I'm not. Yeah, it happens. It. it happens a lot in these RPO quarterback run heavy offenses where earlier in the year when defenses don't have the opportunity yeah. to adjust. They're really good, and then you get to the later half of the season, they're like, oh. And it has nothing to do with the fact that they're a running quarterback and they're not able to play quarterback. It's just defenses now have a time to adjust and have a better game plan, so they don't look as good as they did earlier in the season. I'm interested to see if the Eagles have some sort of mix in their playbook, like last year, right? They were a very pass-happy team, and at the end of the year, partially due to injuries or whatever, but they turned into a heavy run team, and it worked for them. Now, does Nick Sirianni have a flip when we get to midseason? It's like, oh, we think we have a plan for the Eagles. And they're like, nope, guess what? We're going to stop running the ball. We're going to throw the ball deep to A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith. Mm -hmm. We trust our offensive line, and we trust Jalen in the situation. I think that's coming. That switch is coming. I want to see it on the field. Yeah, I do, too. We'll see how it goes. They also have an easy, easy, easy schedule. So Very easy that schedule. That helps them, obviously. Uh, all right, Monday Night Football, last game of Week 6. Let's close out the podcast. I will be at this game in person, probably very intoxicated, and yelling at my wife for rooting on for the Broncos. Uh, Denver plus 5 at the Chargers. Total is set at 45 and a half. Uh, Denver, interesting to talk about, is Russ 3-11 against the spread in his last 14 primetime games. He's dealing with whatever bullshit injury he's trying to make an excuse for, for being a terrible quarterback now. Chargers off the win against the Browns. I, I think that the Chargers will come in and win this game. Plus five seems like a lot for that good of a defense on Denver. Uh, and I think that they're being super undervalued in the market right now just because of all of the crap swirling around. So I think that there's probably value on Denver plus five, but do I want to bet on the Broncos right now? No. Yeah, my only note for this game was fuck Russell. Like, I'm just not, I don't <laughs> care. Like, <laughs> I'm not participating in betting on the Broncos. And then it's like, okay, if you can get past the Russell thing, then you have to get past the thing, hack it. And I just don't want to do that. I will say this could turn into like a little bit of a clown show between the two coaches, uh, especially oh, yeah. in prime time. And that makes me <laughs> nervous. Like I, that's why I'm saying, like, I might stay clear of this game. I'm leaning taking the chargers. I think I almost would prefer taking the chargers money line, but I'm sure it's, there's nearly no value on it right now, but minus 240. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I don't. Not with these two coaches. I, the Chargers should win this, though. The, the Chargers should win this game as long as Brandon Staley doesn't fuck it up. You know, Denver's got so many different injury situations going on. They came out of the Indianapolis game looking like crap. Russ is hurt. He'll be able to move around on the turf in LA, but like mm-hmm. 
it's probably still not going to look great. Who's he throwing it to? Melvin Gordon didn't look that awesome last week, although I'm sure that he's going to have a giant week. That's probably their best bet in this game. It's just like utilize Mike Boone and uh, and Melvin Gordon on the ground against this terrible Chargers rush D. Try to shorten the game. Try to make it like 20 to 17. And hopefully you're the one who scores, you know, the last second field goal or you have the ball last to win the game. Under 45 and a half to me seems like probably a good bet. Yeah, I think it's safe to say that that's a good bet. Like, I think what it comes down to is the Broncos are a really bad football team. Um, So I just don't trust them. I don't care if it's prime time. I don't care whenever it is. I, I'm good. I'm good on the, the Broncos this year. So, so when my wife and I were talking about whether we wanted to go to this game or not, my biggest anti-go-to-the-game point was I don't want to miss Twitter when they're yelling about this game, because that was my favorite part about Thursday night was not watching the game. It was just the fourth quarter and everybody yelling and putting up memes about Russell Wilson and Nathaniel Ackett. That was my favorite. Uh, And I'm sad that I'm going to be able to miss this. I'm not going to be able to make that with uh, Nathaniel Hackett and Brandon Staley. Although I still love Brandon Staley, but the rest of the community doesn't. And the the meme jokes are pretty fucking funny. But I think this uh, last game scared the shit out of Staley. I don't think that he'll make the mistake again. Like, I think it was enough where, like, he is going to change things moving forward. If he doesn't, maybe not. But that's what I think. Oh, man. All right. Uh, why don't we close this out? I'm going to recap some of the best bets that I have earlier in the week that I'm going to make right now. Uh, New Orleans plus two. Cleveland minus two and a half. Philly minus four. Although you probably can't get that on the board anymore, unfortunately. Miami plus three and a half. And then totals that I like. Green Bay over 45. Cincinnati over 43. Baltimore under 45. New England over 42 and a half. Atlanta under 45. And Atlanta under team total. I think that I'll probably come out at like 17 and a half. I like the under. Love it. Love it. Love it. All right. That does it for Game of the Gold, episode 110. My name is Jason Gold. This is Steffi Smalls. We will talk to you guys soon. Good luck on all your bets on Thursday night. See you guys later. Peace. Yeah.